Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much for joining me. My name is Andy from Global E-Commerce Experts, and we're here to successfully expand e-commerce uh, sellers into Europe. And this, this uh, e-commerce expander series podcast is really about talking to uh, people in the industry about what they do, how they got into e-commerce, a bit about their story. And today we've got an exciting guest for you today. So I'm really, really excited to be talking about that. Um, and I can't wait to get uh, today's founder on because I know he's got some golden nuggets that are going to be really, really key. So today, Andrew Morgan's going to be joining me. He created Marknology. I'm sure I said that right, but it took me about four goes earlier. Um, and he's sort of huge demand in e-commerce. Uh, I wanted to really help grow and organize and strategize uh, e-commerce selling. But he's been in e-commerce for, for many, many years. So, um, Andrew, are you there? Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me in Welcome to all our guests that are tuning in today. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining me. So, Andrew, uh, where, where are you based? Okay, I'm based in Kansas City, um, which is right in the middle of the U.S. Uh, but I, like I was sharing just a little bit earlier, um, I grew up abroad. I grew up in Africa. Um, honestly, lived in some parts of Russia, Belarus. Um, so when we think about, you know, international expander, uh, or, or being an e-commerce expander or international expansion, you know, I, I definitely have an understanding of a bigger world and really see a lot of opportunity for that commerce. So here in the Midwest in Casey Mo 23 and me, I don't know if you know of that, like DNA tester 23 and me, but it says I'm 99.7% European mutt. So, Whoa. you know, I think I'm originally from, I'm originally from England per the DNA test, uh, but who's to say, who's to say fans. I love that. I've not heard of that before. I'm going to have to try that out. I love the idea of that. It's super uh, cool. It tells you like, you know, what neighborhoods even like, you know, where your like gene pool kind of like probably came from oh, in right. England and different stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh, I'm what's a, that called? 23 and me, 23 and me. Um, I mean, I'm, but I'm, I'm Irish. I'm English, Irish, Welsh, but yeah. It's still kind of cool to watch it and it shows your whole tree and everything, you know, so it's cool to be chatting with you today. I, I love that. I love the sound of that. Well, look, that, that's something for me straight away. Perfect. Uh, so so for those that are listening for the first time or, or, or our regular listeners will know that what we're going to do, we're going to talk back to Andrew about a bit about his past. Then we're going to go on to what he's currently doing. And then we're going to be looking into the future of what he thinks e-commerce is going to look like, perhaps leading into out of Q4 and into, into 2022. So, you know, I, I think that's going to be really, really exciting. So, Andrew, let, let's start right at the beginning. Um, you said you traveled a lot, which is amazing. Uh, you you must have been educated in lots of places around the world then. Is that fair? Yeah, but educated in a different kind of way. You know, I think in, uh, in a survival kind of way, uh, street smarts kind of way, just, you know, entre like savvy entrepreneur, hustler. Yep. Um, you know, growing up in Africa, you see people work super hard. Um, you know, you're, you also come back to the U S feeling extremely blessed and having perspective and gratitude and things like that, that I think are secret weapons for success in entrepreneurship. Um, you know, so a white male with some understanding of, of, of the privilege we have, you know, um, I think that's important, but grew up, uh, you know, honestly, from a poor, even though we were traveling overseas, we're a missionary family, grew up from a poor family, uh, ended up back here in the Midwest, went to school, a college in Hawaii. That was horrible. Obviously kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 that would be devastating. It was know. devastating. You know, yeah, we were yeah, talking about the weather yeah. earlier. It was amazing there. Um, yeah. But 
honestly went to school for computer science. Uh, so I got a degree uh, from the university in computer science, uh, networking and security. And wow. with an emphasis, yeah, just different world than where we're at right now. But there wasn't a lot of options in the past. Like when you're going to school for computer science, there's a couple tracks. You know, you chose yep. you chose programming, you chose networking, you chose something like that. So um, got out of school, hated networking. I had had I got a corporate job. I uh, was making more money than I ever had, and I just hated it. Um, you know, it was like I was good at it, uh, got a couple of raises, and I was just, you know, it was just boring. It was sitting and waiting on networks to break. It was every once in a while something exciting, but for the most part, you know, uh, for me at the time, it was 12-hour shifts, so it was 10 hours of kind of sitting on your butt and two hours yeah. of working, and um, e-commerce is the exact opposite of that, you know, so yes. I, I left that and jumped into e-commerce. Well, that, that's interesting, isn't it? Because you, I think virtually everyone I speak to, and we speak to well, all e-commerce sellers, uh, or have been involved in e-commerce in one form or another, and the, definitely the one thing that everyone has in common is no one likes sitting still. Uh, everyone wants to be moving at 3 million miles per hour, and if they're not, they're getting itchy feet. And mm. I think that sums that up beautifully, that, you know, uh, yeah, great job, but essentially I was bored. Yes. Um, is that fair? Yeah, it was it was that it was like it felt like my soul was dying. And I, I used to be a musician and call it like for five years, I toured the US playing music, actually. And wow. um, I was you play? I played bass, guitar. Nice. Uh, yeah. But you know, it was, it was metal music it was heavier music, but we were touring, we were doing the thing. It was kind of my first, uh, I guess, I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant. But I was, yeah. you know, trying to be on my own and was writing music, learning branding learning uh, biz dev, like how to book a show, how to sell stuff after, how to, you know, all those yeah. kinds of things. Um, really before I even knew what I was learning, but I was doing that kind of while I was getting my degree. And um, I went from that to networking and uh, it was just sitting in a room and, and, and waiting on stuff to break. And so e-commerce yeah. is what else can I be doing? And that's why I really love the Amazon channel. I mean, there's so many other channels that are amazing too but when i yep. came across amazon it was like this is a channel that you can be proactive as much as you want to work or optimize it will yep. respond to you and for someone that's like i love to work like i've always said i'm like a blue collar guy in a white collar world i think e-commerce kind of you know we're, we're dealing with corporate but it's it's got a lot of guys that just know how to work really hard you know and yep. those that's who pioneered it and yep. uh so it's it's always been 10 years in. I'm 10 years in now, and I, I still love it just as much as ever. Um, with international expansion being like, you know, one of the big challenges now that I think yeah. uh, is got my attention. Yeah. So well, let's, so you, what was the, you, you got out of the networking. You, what was the first inroads into e-commerce? What did that look like? So I left that job and actually moved to Florida. So I was in KC. I moved to Florida. I took a chance at a startup. Um, that startup, I had one employee, uh, an investor, yeah. one employee, and then me, and, um, we were putting car parts online. So we were, yeah. uh, trailer lights, trailer hitches, tonal covers, like, you know, we were contacting all these manufacturers similar to what sellers do today. Yeah. Um, but there weren't any car parts online. So we were like winning by default, you know, um, getting parts online, I'd get a sale in 30 minutes or something. And it was like super intoxicating. I was just like put these products up on eBay or put them on Amazon, wake up the next day and see how many orders we had. And yeah. um, I got the bug. I just, uh, you know, it was 
adding trailer lights like the the truck ball at the at the end um you know the hitch and creating combos and creating sets and like how to get um you know our big advantage with that company was um our investor our like founder of the company was super savvy with negotiating logistics contracts okay so yeah. our pricing on the parts wasn't the best but our shipping for oversized items like trailer hitches was the best and he just put fedex against ups and um pretty soon we were beating competitors that have been in the space a long time because we figured out how to save 20 bucks on shipping and then bring yeah. that into the price or whatever and so it was uh I felt like I was just learning and like, you know, it was just, it was a lot of fun for me. So that's really how I transitioned. I took a, I took a leap, you know, I had a bunch of yeah. like networking jobs saying work here, work here, work here. And I, I just wanted to do something different. And then, and then that basically caught the bug. Yes. Got the bug. I got the bug. Yeah. Uh, from there I went to into court. I became a corporate e-commerce manager for, uh, yeah. you know, 300 person company or so for about two years. And then, um, while I was there, I actually started freelancing. Uh, I I grew sales again by a million. I'm trying to trying to be short winded here. It's not it's not working very yeah, well. Like I, uh, well, I, I like got... hearing the story. So this don't okay. worry about other people listening. This is for me. Don't worry about that. Okay, I got it. So um, <laughs> as an e-commerce manager, I again was like promoted. I got this job because they had seen what I did at the car company, and I was like, this is cool. You know, okay, I'm working within a corporate company. Um, that's where I really learned where to take Marknology. Um, I was seeing them deal with map pricing and resellers and the sales guys in the meetings getting upset because we're like, you know, getting rid of resellers that might've been one of their biggest customer. And I saw, um, you know, the buyers that were buying product in China, wherever coming back and not giving us good content, not giving us good images, not a good handover to the e-commerce department. Yep. And so the, you know, I saw the accountants start, you know, as we, because I was growing sales dramatically, you know, we grew by 1.5 million at us toy that year. And I was the only one kind of pushing that lever. So the company was paying attention for sure. They weren't that large of a company. Um, and I saw all these conversations happening behind the scenes at, at us toy, just even a medium sized company. Um, at the same time I was freelancing on Upwork. Uh, it was actually called Elance and it got bought by Upwork, but I got top 10 in the world on, on Elance and the marketing category. And that's really what accelerated my my freelancing um, for sure. I started working with Adidas or Adidas, as they say in Europe, yeah. um, and Suiza. And I, I was just a kid. Like, honestly, I didn't even know what I was doing yet when it came yeah. to Amazon. But I was someone that was focused on it and passionate about it and was working a day job doing it. So people were like, let's get, you know, let's I was doing it for pennies really, but, um, was just learning on the go and getting reviews on Elance and Upwork. And, um, before long, I was, I feel like I was the only U S based person doing Amazon work at that time. And I, someone might correct me I'm sure, but I didn't feel like there was people doing service for others. It was like, if there was sellers at that time, they were doing it for themselves. Like yes. they weren't, you know, providing services. So, um, long story short, I, I started building some clients off Upwork where like on a retainer model, like where I was just working on their brands. And yep. um, I took the leap to start Marknology to solve all those problems I kind of mentioned that I was noticing. Um, yeah. You know, at first it was just anyone that would pay attention, private label, wholesaler, you know, reseller, whoever would hire me for whatever project. But over time, um, you know, it started evolving and I wanted to do a better job. I wanted better tools. I wanted... Uh, 
you know, absolute control. So I started moving up the the chain, so to speak, in the Amazon world, which is, um, you know, you're working with a distributor, you get the access the distributor has. You work with the brand yep. or the manufacturer themselves, and you're able to change photos and copy and, um, you know, run ads and get video ads and uh, create new products. And so it was... Um, as I moved up the line as well, the manufacturers where we're at now, we work with manufacturers and brand, there was more margin on the table. So, yep. you know, you're working with a distributor where a 7% margin is good. You start working with a manufacturer um, that has way better margins. Imagine the advertising you can do. Imagine yep. the budgets. And so as the space where any commerce has evolved and matured, as the market has matured, um, where brands are investing in video and they care about it and they're actually spending money to hire people to bring them in-house for Amazon or um, setting aside budgets, you know, because those things happen a year at a time in those bigger companies. Here's a budget yeah. for Amazon for next year, for example. Um, as those companies have started maturing and joining the Amazon marketplace, um, what Marknology offers and, and, and who we serve has like, it's been a lot easier instead of convincing people to be on Amazon now, it's, just work with Marknology versus convincing them to be there at all. Um, that, that, that's the easy part. Like that, that bit's yeah. almost easy now. You know, 10 years ago, that was difficult. It really was. It honestly was. It was, uh, yeah. no one understood it. There wasn't enough knowledge for them to go out there and find and research it or okay. hear at their favorite conference or it was just my word against theirs. You know, a, a yeah. young guy that's obsessed with something and, uh, you know, older business owners, honestly, that, 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 New, you know, probably new in some part of their mind they need to change, but in other ways was like, I'm gonna wait. To be fair, I mean, here in the UK, we I mean we've still got you know a lot of educate, there's a lot of brands that aren't on Amazon and the likes because they've chosen not to be. Yeah, you know, it's not you know, it's not you know, for an e-commerce seller, it just makes sense, right? If that's what you've done, that's what you've always done, there's not even a conversation to be had. I think we can all probably work with that but if you are a traditional brand that's got brick and mortar actually getting that product to um into or onto amazon or other marketplaces are available uh you know, has been is still a bit of a struggle in some places there's still a bit of education so oh, i don't know what we do we can't do this we can't so there's still a bit of education still on some of that so i yeah. get what you're saying there that, that's totally right so you're, you're exactly right in in uh that's where I've just spent my time. I've spent my time knowing the hesitations on the other side. I've spent my time educating myself on those issues <laughs> that those manufacturers and brands really have. Um, you know, it's an expensive move for them. You know, we, we've, uh, you know, think about it like this, like a company here and this, the same goes in the UK or anywhere really. Um, but you've got a company that's always sold in brick and mortar. You know, they're used to receiving POs, getting paid immediately for product, shipping that yep. product out, not worrying about kitting it, prepping it, labeling it, yep. um, not worried about two warehouses where they have inventory at FBA and inventory at their warehouse, um, mm. not ever having to deal with uh, direct consumer feedback, not having to deal with two-week accounting, not having to deal with maybe marketing and advertising yep. spend. Um, so it's a completely different business model, um, yeah. that I think is, is necessary for survival in the, from today into, into the future. And I've been screaming that for years, but, um, to me, I'm actually in the trust game because I'm in the trust game, um, 
there's so many like you know marketing has a bad rap and and there's a lot of sharks out here in the space like there is with anything that's new and people don't understand it yeah um but i'm in the trust game of putting out content getting on podcasts like this getting on 10 calls with the brand before they pull the trigger um and making them feel like our team or whoever we work with, whether it's us or a partner of ours that we're suggesting um, is capable of helping them go through all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, and you got to make them feel like, Oh my God, this is overwhelming, but it's necessary, you know? And yeah. so I was just telling the story of a company we had, it took us three years to go like change warehouse management systems and um, really get all their back end in place and start updating copy and getting rid of pre-sellers and yada, yada, yada. But um, we, you know, we hit probably 2 million this year with that brand. Um, this is a new channel for them and it's, it's going to be a lifeline into the future for them. Um, so yeah. we went from zero to 2 million and it took us three years. Um, you know, I don't think that's bad for changing a hundred plus year old company. And I think, uh, you know, m most companies just need to set the expectations that it is something that they can ease into, but they need to start moving in that direction. You know. Yeah, I think if they if they don't, they're going to come a cropper in the next you. Know, I mean, I was going to say next two to four years, really. I mean, I can't see it going much further than that in, for a lot of these brands. Um, so what I wanted to touch on there is is before we you, know, Marknology, you know, where did the name come from? Okay, so I was at US Toy Company, and yeah. a lot of people call me Mark. So thanks for getting it right, Andy. Um, I'm actually, I was an Andy growing up too. My grandma wanted, wanted a, a grandson to call Andy. So thanks Andy. Um, Marknology is actually the mixture of two words, marketing and technology. And um, it started as kind of just a joke. I think even my boss at the time might've said it the first time, uh, but it was, it was, um, I was e-commerce manager. I was hired by the technology team, but I worked with the marketing team all the time at US Toy. And so it was like, I'm a technology team member but I work with the marketing team. So it's okay. like I felt in between uh, as the e-commerce manager. I felt in between. And so I would schedule lunches because our team was small or whatever. And we'd call it the Marknology lunch, uh, just the Marknology team and the technology right. team together, you know. So uh, and, and, and also it was like, you know, I'm a bootstrapped guy. I come from, you know, very humble means. Um, yeah. And I was like I was going through a bad breakup whenever I was at U.S. Toy and getting my feet under me and kind of was just like, what are some ways I can make extra money? That's how I found Elance and Upwork. Um, yep. You know, so I was like, just trying to save money. And uh, I was looking at domains and names and things like that. And, and a lot of things that had technology or whatever at the time were um, very expensive domains. So I thought, hey, the greats like Nike and Uber and Bird and whoever just make up these names. Why can't we just make up words if we want? So totally. here I am. I love that. I think that's such a, an authentic story as well. Uh, I think that's really, really cool. So talk you obviously that's come, you, you've grown that brand bit by bit as you were you um, doing the work on Upwork and things like that. At what point, and, and this is this is a great one for you know, entrepreneurs that you know, currently got a job who then want to leave, you're in that mixture, you know, when am I gonna leave? When am I when am I gonna take that leap of faith? You know, where when did you decide that actually now's the time to leave and to start doing this on my own well i had a number so i'm not from an agency background i'm not from any of that so i really didn't have the model already in mind i i truly didn't know what i was getting into 
Uh, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Um, most most people most people don't. By the way, if anyone's listening, no one really knows what they're getting into. I was um, just a hard worker. Like I just yeah. have always been a hard worker. If I was a warehouse guy, I've been a painter, a warehouse worker, I've been a security guard at a casino, I've been a band guy, I've done it all. Um, yeah. And those were just jobs to get me through school. But I was always, you know, trying to be the best that I could be. Um, and I just found e-commerce and wanted to be the best at it. And the only way I found that I could be the best at e-commerce and Amazon was to get out from someone else so I could do what I wanted. Because all the companies I had been at, and there wasn't a lot of them as far as like e-commerce companies, but there weren't any at the time, right? So I literally like, I just was obsessed with this space and I had people holding me back. So, um, you know, I, uh, the first few years were super hard. I was too early. I was too early. The market wasn't ready. Um, people weren't paying for what we do, you know, Thrasio and the aggregators and all these companies coming in the competition coming in. Uh, I love it because I'm like, cool, let's just bring up the quality of this, this industry that we've created, yes. uh, bring up the value of our services. And, you know, I've spent 10 years obsessing about this. Um, what's any different than any other business consultant or a doctor? I'm a business doctor for your business, you know, in a lot of ways. And so it's like, let's, uh, I want to be able to charge, you know, to do quality work. And so I said all that just to say, not not that I'm upset with where the space is, but I was just too early, you know, seven yep. years ago. Um, the last three or four is really where we've grown quite a bit um, as the market has matured. Um, but, you know, it was uh, getting a few clients. I had a, I had a number in mind that I needed to get to um, yep. from for monthly clients it, it was a meager number. And, um, but, you know, I think once I got like five clients or six clients or so, I, I took the leap and I'm very loyal. So I probably stayed like, oh, I don't know, almost a year longer than I should have at US Toy. I just felt like they needed me. Uh, I felt like, you know, that company, I was, we were growing sales, doing a whole bunch of stuff. I felt like they needed me. Um, I really respected my team at the time. And um, I, I, was, I had a hard time leaving. I was definitely the guy that built it on the side, um, you know, while I was doing the day job. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then I just took the leap. It was, uh, you know, the thing I was thinking to the entrepreneurs listening, what I was doing in my head was like, you know, Andrew, like no matter how low you hit bottom, you always pick yourself back up every single time. And why this time are you not trusting yourself and going in on yourself? And this yes. is the one time you're like, you know, you're holding back, you're waiting. So I yeah. just kind of gave myself this like line in the sand. It was like February, um, I think 2014. And um, I said, that's the day. And uh, yeah. so it came and, and I, I, I quit. And um, I actually asked them if they wanted to be my first client uh they were not they did not they were not happy about that but i went for it i went for it and i shot for it um and it was the best thing i've ever done yeah fantastic i love it so give me a, a you know, an overview what you if you know, as a client or someone looking in what what does mark marknology you solve what, what 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 are the key things and we've, we've obviously touched on some of that already but you know to really sort of fine tune that so you know people listening in their head they're like right got it so we're a, we're a full service Amazon agency. Um, and what that means for anyone listening is um, honestly from warehousing to photography um, to SEO to PPC. We're an Amazon advertising uh, agency partner. Um, we do it all. And I, you know, I truly believe that you need all 
aspects of selling on Amazon managed and like being focused on and fine tuned in order to be successful. So I built a company to do the same thing. Um, I was somebody that I wanted to build a company that if I was you, you being the brand owner, if I was you and you're paying me to help you run your company or advise you on this company, what are all the things I would do? I want to do all of those. Um, And so I just started building out a team. We've got a creative department. We've got brand protection. We've got, um, you know, case management. We've got international expansion. Um, We're a small, we're a small team. I think we're 25 now. Um, But we've got about 40 brands we manage on a month to month basis. So, um, you know, we're running the ship for about 40 brands when it comes to Amazon and e-commerce. We've had a lot of brands with us a long time because we're growing together. Um, but we help brands like more specifically, you say, well, what are all of those things? Um, you know, it could be, uh, uh, a brand going from one P to three P that needs some help. Uh, it could yeah. be a brand that's just trying to improve their content, but they sell through distributors and we're just improving their content through SEO, brand protection, photography, videos, you know, really creating that. If you're going from social media or a website or even a brick and mortar, and then you come to Amazon, your experience is the same. We want it to be, um, as good, if not better on Amazon than it is everywhere else. And so there's not a drop off on your brand and, and you're touching. So, you know, we help brands understand that. We help them understand profitability. We help them expand internationally. We help them understand, um, you know, not just sometimes it's uh, helping brands like figure it out. Other times it's there's been an econ, they're digital first anyway, or they're a great company uh, online. They just want extra hands that they actually trust. And so that's where our team comes in as extra hands on Amazon. or e-commerce. It's interesting in there, Andrew, that you, everyone is at a different stage of their e-commerce journey, aren't they? Yeah. So you, what we find is that no one client is exactly the same, you know, all right, it's all e-commerce. Yeah, we get that. But everyone's at a different level or a different stage or a different part of the journey, dependent on, like three million different factors. Yep. So everyone wants and needs something slightly different. You know, the, they might have the photography dialed in, but they haven't got the SEO dialed in. They might have, you know, the photography might be a problem, but they might have video sorted. They might never have sold on Amazon before. There's, there's so many different facets to having you running an Amazon store. You, it, there's so many parts to it, you know, and, you know, people can't get away from the fact that and I love what you said uh, a short moment ago is that, you know, in order to do that really freaking successfully, they either need to bring in people to do all those different bits or yep. they need to outsource those bits because it's impossible to be able to do all of them with one person. It's yep. just not feasible. Because I'm, I'm an amazing worker. I work. I'm like the guy that gets, you know, an eight hour day done in two if I can give me enough time to figure it out. And if I can't do it all, there's no way you can either. That's no. how I believe it. You know, so it's like we've positioned ourselves to be part of their team, not something they're outsourcing. Right. So yeah. we a lot of a big part of it is the assessment and getting a chance to talk to them and audit the account and see where things yeah. are and understand where they are and where they need help with. And then, you know, trying to trying to fill those gaps, um, you know, and the best thing I can say to them is, um you know, this isn't a job for your janitor. This isn't a job for your social media person that kind of looks at Amazon. Like this is something that I've obsessed about for 10 straight years and I'm still learning every single day. Uh, you know, no one can go to school for this. Uh, it's something that you just have to learn. And, you know, even if you have your own internal person, 
the best way to to not lose money or make mistakes or miss opportunities is to hire an agency or a consultant or someone alongside them to to help and assist and get them up to speed you know so um there's so many ways you're right that you can that you can look at this um but you know you think about what it costs to even get a, a good advertising you know person in a in your company yearly annually um you know we're talking anywhere between 70 to 100,000 dollars probably for a really good um advertising professional that only works on your brand um what do agencies cost you know and you're getting a whole team um so you know those are just some of the things that i think you know we think about we do um yeah i mean we talked about inner e-commerce expander and like international is a big 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 part of what we're doing um you know just like the aggregators that are buying brands and being like okay what can we fix up i've been doing that for years uh, right. We just didn't have private equity behind us. But that's exactly yep. what we're doing as well. We come into a company um, <clears throat> where are the levers we can pull, uh, where is the opportunity? Is it Australia? Is it the UK? You know, I've launched. Yeah, I've launched in 13 Amazon different marketplaces. So we're, we're pretty international in regards to like yeah, yeah. some of the things we've tried. And um, for a lot of brands, it's been a lifeline to growth. Uh, you know, so the brands that were already launched and doing their thing or expanding and when the pandemic hit like unfortunate event but like dear god the ones that had already um set themselves up for success crushed it right because they were set up with fbm or they were set up um you know selling in australia where they've been in lockdown or any number of those things so it's really um really really struggled with it before i got as much business acumen i think in regards to identifying my customer because there's just so many different stages of the amazon journey and like the customers are so different as far as from an amazon seller a private label seller or a wholesaler or distributor the manufacturer or the brand or you know a company that comes in with six brands or their company could understand what all the terminology means or their personnel might not um, are we educating them? Or are we just running with the ship? And so it was really hard for me as I started dialing in who I want to attract um, and the brands we want to work with. Like, how do I put that into messaging? How do I convey that? How do I, you know, really yep. communicate what we solve for? Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's that's just the truth of where it is. Is like there's so many different areas where you can where you can um, come into this this e-commerce journey. And I think, yeah, I think, I mean, that's really, really good. I think, yeah, some of the key things you picked out there, you know, the whole international expansion, obviously, that's what, you know, we, yeah, we focus on people coming to Europe. You know, that piece is, you know, I think the a lifeline for some of those sellers where they're then expanding. I loved what you said there about that because I think that's so important that you, know, when people are thinking about you know, growing and expanding their business, that, you know, there's so many Amazon markets that are available to you, essentially the click of a button. Right. It's just about going through the process and the system to making sure that's right. If any quick plug, obviously, if anyone needs the seven step guide, make you know, to easy expansion to Europe, go and grab that from our website. Uh, but, you know, I think that that's really, really key is that, that those steps, you know, to expansion are actually really quite easy. Uh, yep. And I think, as you say, with all those aggregators coming in now, you know, it's, the, the aggregator piece is really interesting because they're all buying these businesses and they're like, what we're going to do? Ah, we better expand them to Europe. Andy, can you help with that? Um, because they're, 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 yeah, they're slowly there. Actually, right, you guys can do it all. Wicked, crack on. Like, it just makes life, you know, that, that whole all under one roof uh, thing makes it really, really key. So let's, let's move on from there and let's just talk about 
how you see the next year panning out. You know, we're moving into 2022. Uh, we've just talked about aggregators. That's there, There's going to be a big theme around that for a little while, you know, until some of them start, you know, disappearing probably eating each other yeah yep uh so so you know that that's obviously going to be a thing somewhere along the line but you know outside of that you know what what do you see or how do you include that whatever you know where do you see the next year going as an e-commerce seller you what do you really see as the the key things that people need to be aware of things people need to be seeing well i think one thing is going to be that 2021 doesn't look like 2020 for a lot of companies yeah. Um, and those expectations will finally get in line because right now um, a lot of brands and sellers are comparing this year to last year. And it's just not comparison. No. It's it's silly to do that. Um, so I think one thing is that there's going to be new benchmarks, which for me is good because it's more realistic. Um, you know, we we saw the effects of the logistics and a pandemic on our economy and nothing that happens yep. today. You feel it today like it's stuff you feel down the line, you know, so I think. um adjustments are going to be made uh you know brick and mortar will have some advantages as they as things come back online because they're going to keep keep prices um even lower i guess with inflation at least here in the u.s than a lot of the e-commerce companies that have to adjust for um logistics and and things like that so i think we're going to see a little bit of a a move there i think we're going to see a move to latin america a lot i know we're we're pushing uk um and i i believe that that will be there because uh, the English countries, English speaking countries are going to be the first that novices or amateurs go to, you know, as far as like, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, why, uh, but why wouldn't they? I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Go, you know, start with the English speaking countries if you're already speaking English. I mean, like, let's not make it more complicated than it needs to be. Right. And I think that that's where people will start that haven't done it before. Yeah. Uh, and then Latin America, you know, is a bigger challenge because everything's getting translated to Spanish. But as far as um, getting, uh, like service providers uh, in Latin America, meaning like VAs, meaning uh, people that are understanding Amazon um, and then Brazil and Mexican markets like those opening up, I think are going to be big opportunities for the U.S. because we don't yeah. have to cross an ocean. Right. So no, it's already there. It's already there. So I think those yeah. are going to open up really big. Um, I think a few countries that are behind where we are are going to catch up a little bit. So um even like the UK and, and, and Italy and, and countries in Europe. Um, you know, I don't think you guys are far behind us and you're ahead of us in a lot of other areas, but e-commerce seems to be a little bit behind. I think that's going to speed up um, as you guys start shaking it out as well there uh, in the next year. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, there will be less, less competition in some ways uh, in regards to just like tiny, tiny little sellers everywhere. I think that those are going to start to just go away and it's going to be more of a sophisticated game that we're playing. Um, That's what we're playing. I I, I believe we're playing a game, you know, when it comes to to optimizing algorithms and, you know, getting products seen on a digital shelf, like, you know, we're we're hustling out here. Um, And I think it's going to be more of a sophisticated game. It's going to be the experts kind of against the experts and less of uh, less of the guy that doesn't know blackjack sitting down at the table to play, if that makes sense. It's just the harder barrier to entry. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. I think some of that logistics piece you were talking about there, you know, that, you know, you know, some of the some you know, some sellers have just been walloped by it. You know, there's no doubt about that. You know, the fact of container prices being two thousand dollars and now being twenty thousand dollars is just bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the reason we set up a yeah our own shipping was because 
we needed to solve that problem and try and reduce the cost for sellers because it's just crazy. Like you just can't, yeah, you want to make our whole aim is to make it as affordable and as easy as possible to make Europe attractive. Mm. And, you know, when you start shipping containers and start including VAT and all these other little nuances, you know, when it's easier perhaps to go to, you know, South America, you know, they're, they're, you, we've got, we've got, we got some challenges on our hand. We want to compete with that. We want to be saying, come to us. You Not know, even just pricing, but like, you know, we've got 65 billion in the Bay. I mean, around the country right now, just waiting on boats to come in. So it's not even just the prices. It's, it's no. actual just accessibility. You know, yeah. I, this is like non-related, but I, I put a down payment on a, like a, a receive radio receiver for my Jeep. Yep. And um, I was waiting nine months, like, with a down payment on a on a receiver for my jeep i still didn't get it i literally said i'm going somewhere else they can't get chips you know they can't get chips for the receiver so i think we're still going to see some of that that backlash you know um and it's really just coming down to i need to be able to get the product i need to be able to um you know just get access to it not just the pricing and then adjustments take a while so i think a lot of people are going to see they're going to look at this year as the accounting comes back and they reconcile the year and really look at it and be like we need to make adjustments. Um, yep. You know, it's going to shift. Another thing is uh, PPC. You know, I think these aggregators are dumping um, billions and millions of dollars into PPC uh, yep. operationally. You know, there's there's articles on it, but it's also just assumptions. You have, you know, different levels of teams and skills coming in and taking over businesses. Like I'm a professional and we take over account management for companies as part of our job and it's hard it's a difficult time to transition from one team to another um even if you're the best so you know i think that that's what we're seeing this year with aggregators too and then the way that they're offsetting some of that decline is with just like throwing dollars at ppc so it's making it you know a pretty difficult year um all around i think right now it's it's ride the wave and next year um you know hopefully a lot of the work that's been done this year for for the smaller e-commerce sellers that are trying to get their branding together and their storytelling and really just like you know be able to get some some roots in the ground pays off for them yeah totally totally i love that so look andrew we're uh we've run slightly over but i think that's been all amazing so i've i've kept that running because you know it's it's great to hear you know all of those things you've had to say i think um you know some 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 key bits in there that people can take away now, if people want to get in contact with you, they want to hear more about you, they want to sp- you perhaps speak to you, how, how, how do people go about doing that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, Marknology, uh, Andrew Morgans. I'm a pretty unique name, too, as well, as far as the S on the end of Morgan. So if you search me, a lot of my stuff should come up. Um, personally, I'm on Instagram a lot, at Andrew Morgans. Um, but LinkedIn, marknology.com. Um, I'm a host on Startup Hustle, the podcast. I drop episodes every Tuesday covering all things e-commerce, Amazon related. Um, I'm part of the e-com cooperative. Uh, if you, I think that's where me and Andy actually connected. So reach out there. Yeah, I would love to hear from anyone on, on any channel, honestly. Wonderful. Well, look, thank you very much. Look, and my light's just gone out there. Look at that. So they're, they're just running in to turn the light on because the, we're on a sensor. There we go. Look at that. As if by magic. Um, well, look, um, that's been a really, really amazing uh, podcast from us today uh, from the e-commerce expander secrets. It's been great to get to know your story, Andrew, hear a bit about how you got into it. I love how you got with the brand name. I think that just makes perfect sense. As soon as I heard that and you started talking about it, I, was like, I get it now. That just makes perfect sense. I love that and, and, and that whole story. So thank you very much for your time. It's been amazing having you on. Uh, for those people that are listening and want more 
um, information from um, Andrew, then please get in contact with him. Marknology.com. Really, really simple, really straightforward. Uh, if you want more help expanding to Europe, you need those, uh, you need solutions, you need questions answered. Global e-commerce experts, we're here to support that. We're here to successfully expand e-commerce brands into Europe. And we do everything from your logistics to your to your compliance, to your to your account management. Whatever that needs to be in Europe, we're here to support you. We're here to guide you. And we're here to make your expansion a success. And that's the critical, critical piece. Uh, Andrew, thank you for your time. Thank you very much for everyone listening. And we'll see you on the next episode real soon. Thank you. Thank very you, much. Andy.